This week's episode of Talk Commerce is supported by Hufa Themes and Tweet Hunter. HYVA.io is Hufa, and TweetHunter.io will help you build a fantastic Twitter list. Visit talk-commerce.com forward slash sponsors to learn more. Remember back when the pandemic first hit and everybody said it's all going to Zoom and in-person meetings are dead. We don't have to meet up anymore and there's no point in seeing anybody in person because Zoom and personal meetings have taken over our lives and our very existence. It's not true. In-person is alive. We interview Chris Johnson with SalesLayer. He is the partner success manager with SalesLayer and is all about relationships. We talk about the Zoom life versus real life and how maybe you can't just get somebody a beer while you're on Zoom. Handshakes and hugs are part of the Spanish culture. You'll learn a little bit about how Chris approaches relationships and his partner management, as well as a little bit about what sales layer can do for you as a company. Talk Commerce is sponsored by Haifa, or as the Europeans say, Hufa, or the right way to say it, Hufa is rapidly becoming the biggest Magento front end after Luma. For those who don't know it, Luma is the basic theme that comes with Magento and it is giantly slow. If you're looking for a template based front end with the fastest loading times in the e-commerce industry while saving costs on development time and hosting infrastructure, Hufa is your best option. Everybody loves a fast site, including Google. Improve your Google ranking and conversion rates and make your customers happy. Learn more at hyva.io. That's hyva.io. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Chris Johnson. He is the Partner Success Manager with SalesLayer. Chris, go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us what your day-to-day role is and maybe one of your passions in life. Thanks, Brent. It's marvelous to be here. I'm quite—I'm a, a follower of this podcast, I gotta say. <laughs> and my role, as you just said, it's a partner success manager. My day-to-day life is basically to help our partners have success, mainly in their Im- implementations, but also with maybe new business and so on. And I love to play soccer every Monday. That's one of my personal things. <laughs> yeah, and you're in you're in Spain, so soccer is a very big thing. Football, as most of the world would say, is a big deal. That is correct. <laughs> Good, Chris. Before we get into the actual topic, and today we're going to talk about partners and partner success and how that works within our ecosystem. I am going to do the free joke. For you, I'm going to tell you the joke, and I guess at the end, the goal is to see if you feel as though this is a free joke or if this is a joke that we could actually charge for. And it could be in pesadas or in euros or in whatever currency we think it is, or in beers. Here we go. We should market a beer called occasionally. So when asked, I can say I only drink occasionally. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a good one. All right. So the question at hand is free joke or is that a chargeable joke? 
I'd pay for that one. Good. All right. Good. Chris, thanks for participating today. All right. Let's get into what we want to talk about. Let's talk about success manager or or, partner manager. Tell us a little bit about that role and why that role is so important in the ecosystem around any ecosystem. Just let's just dive into it. Sure. We say here in Sales Layer that this role is in between managing, but also customer success. Because we've noticed that in any organization, just quick disclaimer, we are a SaaS. So when you implement a SaaS, we've noticed that when our partners are implementing a SaaS, actually, they might have questions, they might have doubts. And even though they can be like long-time partners, I'm pretty sure they're coming up with questions or new uh, features that how can they implement them and so on. And sometimes they are addressing their business manager or sometimes their account executive, sometimes customer success, and sometimes they don't even get the question answered. Or maybe if there's a community, if there's a chat, or if there's a blog, they're just navigating around the world, around the web trying to find an answer to their question. We, I don't want to say we created this role because I'm pretty sure all their organizations have them. But in our in SalesLayer, we did implement this new way of where, let's say, a go-to when a partner needs an answer that has nothing to do with business but actually has to do with the actual tool. And maybe the knowledge base is not really need or maybe it doesn't explain itself. So that's why I'm here. I'm in between customer success, but also I'm assisting partners with their maybe business questions. Yeah, and and I would add on that you're in between sales, customer success, and marketing because a lot of that involves how your company is perceived in the industry, right? Exactly, yes. Um, Thank you for that note because that is true in... We also have a partner market agent, but sometimes they don't have that type of relation or they cannot have that type of relation. They're more concentrated in the actual marketing, creating marketing tools or marketing assets. And instead of working in the way that we create a marketing asset and we present it to the partner, sometimes it works the other way where the partner comes to me and says, hey, do you have this? Do you have the other? Do you have a video? Do you have an image? Do you have this? And then I go to marketing and I say, hey, you know what? Our partners are actually requesting this type of assets or this type of videos or so on. And they're like, wow, we never thought of that. So yeah, it's a, a, I try not to say that I'm a bottleneck. I'm more of a facilitator. I'm the guy that is the connection between partners and the actual company. Yeah, I think that's a great explanation in, from the marketing side. It is quite static. It's like the marketing team is working on what is the goal of the company that they're working for. And if you're working with another marketing team from a partner, you want to try to meld some of those things together. And I think the position that you're in helps you understand a little bit about their company, a lot about your company. And even connecting the two marketing teams is an asset or is a is a job that would be maybe fall under you, right? Yeah. How about the other parts of it? So there's sales because there's a <laughs> part of it that brings that, that y- your goal is to bring in more sales. Like that's the end goal of a partner manager. Yeah. And that's it is true that a partner manager, we've noticed that sometimes are too concentrated in sales. And I must say that 
before I was considered a partner manager. But we thought that adding the success in between gave us the goal of not only sales. It is obviously the end purpose or the end goal. But sometimes they forget the training, the updates. They're more, when, when partners and the actual partner managers sit down and talk, they're like, okay, what's the next lead or what's the next operation we're doing and blah, blah, blah. But they forget of the question of what do you need to make that lead a success? So it's more a, a reminder, let's say. It's more like, a, like something that's like a tattoo in your arm. Like this is something that you have to do. You make sure that your partner is gonna succeed in their endeavor instead of just requesting from them. Gonna provide whatever tools they need to make that happen. Once that is done, once they have all their tools that they need, that, that includes training, that includes, as we were talking, marketing, then the question of what is the next operation, what is the next lead, what is the next deal we have in the pipeline comes almost naturally because they have everything they need on their table and they're ready for that, you know? Yeah, and I've seen the word enablement used in this same context. You're enabling the partner to be successful on your behalf. Hmm. I think that's part of the, uh, this role isn't new, but I think certainly in the last five years, the partner manager role has really become a pivotal part of how companies interact with other companies because you really are B2B in this instance. You are working with another company that is going to sell for you, right? You're, you could even be seen as a sales manager of other companies. I know that's a that's not a really great way to look at it, but your goal is to help those other companies sell your product. Mm -hmm. I and mean, again, coming back to what the end goal is, um, one of the hard parts then as a partner manager or partner success manager is what is this what does success mean how do you measure that success and i think after and i've been in this i've been in the industry for a while and talking to other partner managers there is often a conflict with leadership on what you should be doing as a partner manager do you mm -hmm. see that at all in in your day-to-day -day, how yeah, you yeah. help define that success and I totally agree with you in the sense that there is a conflict because we could measure this success in numbers and say okay how many operations has your partner brought to the company and how many operations have we given to our partners or how many numbers how many millions of dollars or euros have you have they brought is this a fact have they even brought a deal is that a successful partner? From our perspective, or at least from my department's perspective, we're gonna leave the numbers to sales, right? And sales, they have their own KPIs, they have their own fight to fight, let's say, their own war to fight. But our success, how we consider success is when a partner is satisfied with first their training. We've noticed, and this is something that we ourselves have noticed, in the past that we have we've signed many partners we have them in our site but they weren't really properly trained they weren't really 100 percent ready to let's say flagships of our brand they didn't really know what was let's say the philosophy well, how do we do an, an investment or how we do a, i mean an implementation how we do something and so we can't consider that a successful partner it doesn't matter if they even sold hundreds of thousands of dollars or euros, it doesn't matter because they were not fully implementing 
our principles, our ideas, our... What I mean about this, I want to be a little bit specific about this. For example, our customer success team is considered in the industry number one in answer time and success closing rate, uh, rate tickets and so on. And so if this philosophy is not delivered by our partner to our end customer, then that's not a successful partner. If our partner is not answering in less than two hours or in less than 24 hours the closing of a ticket, then they're not doing the internal philosophy of sales layer of closing tickets in less than 24 hours. So that's not a successful partner, even though if they've sold hundreds of thousands of dollars of our tool. I don't know if I've delivered correctly the essence of what we consider a success in a partnership. No, I think that's really good. You're, in fact, taking your values and you're putting those values on the partner and asking them to participate with you in those values. I think it's a great way to look at it. You, so you mentioned number one, training. Are you going to go on to number two and number three? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> yes, number one is training. And that is something that we've already mentioned that's a key. And number two, we could consider, I've already mentioned it, which is making sure that they, they are delivering our value. And I already gave an example on customer success, but that it's also about the customer first idea that we have and treating our employees as we would love to be treated. That's another key factor of sales layer. And three, and it just comes naturally, when you are giving training, when you're providing these values, then number three, it's obvious, success means when we have revenue, right? When we're both making money. And let's be honest, this is not, <laughs> we're not Greenpeace, we're not a, we're a company. We're both companies with the same interest, obviously to make our customers happy, but obviously we have to, we have our own economic needs. So we do have to fulfill them. So when those three, and again, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but I want to emphasize that's the actual steps, right? First training, second, the values that are transmitted from sales layer to the company or to the partner, then automatically number three comes just organically more sales, our customers are satisfied, then we can both be happy with satisfying our KPIs economically. Yeah, I can tell you how many times I've been on a partner call and all they want to do is talk to your customer to sell directly to them. And that <laughs> I think that part is you are, and maybe their metrics too is, how many people can we talk to are, who are your clients? And I think that mm -hmm. way that you're approaching it is so much better than approaching it in the fact that, hey, I just need to talk to your customers. That's the that's our only goal. The, the goal is creating relationships, right? And I think the goal in general for a partner manager is to create relationships with as many different partners that you can to keep your brand mm -hmm. top of mind. Things like that would be those non-measurable. I agree. It's funny because we approach it in a different way, or at least internally. I'm not saying that other companies do it wrong. I'm just saying that how we approach it is we understand it's not our customer. It's our partner's customer. And we understand that they also have their own values and they also have their own ideas. They also have their own agenda. Let's call it KPIs. That's also another key aspect. The relationship has to be, we both have to be on the same page. We both have to understand which one, which, what is our role in this game, right? And prefer our partners. If they say, hey, you know what? I'm going to invite you to this conversation with my customer and I want you to show them this new feature and so on. We're fine with that. We're very happy to do that. 
But we would rather sit down with our partner, show them the feature, say, hey, you know what? We've looked, just launched this new feature. You want to try it out on your new customer and see if they like it? We thought of your customer. This would be a good idea. But you do it yourself because we trust you. We know you're going to transmit that value to them. And we know you're going to do it great because it's you have a relationship with them. I'm pretty sure because you've done it in the past, you're going to do a great upsell. You're going to do a new cross-sell or whatever you want. But it's your customer. We know he has a relationship with you. So, yeah, at least with those partners that we have in, in our portfolio, we have that type of relationship where we know where we stand. We're just a supplier of the tool. And we know for a fact that our partners are going to deliver it just exactly as we were intending to. Yeah, and I think that, uh, as part of that training and enablement and onboarding, I think one thing that SalesLayer has done well is being there to help the partner as they're doing that. So I think you talked a little bit about part, maybe participating with the partner in that sales process to make sure mm -hmm. that everybody's on the same page when the client needs to know. And then at some point, you trust the partner enough to do it on their own. So you are really mm -hmm. enabling many salespeople to be out there selling sales layer, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a good way to look at it? Yeah, yeah. And it is true that we have our own sales team. We have our account executives. We have account executives around the world. We have them in the States and UK, here in Spain. And it is true that we have our own sales team. But more and more, we're noticing that it doesn't really, there's no big difference between what we would call direct and indirect sales. Because being a SaaS, customers, I would say 99, 100% of the time, they need, either they come with a partner or they come expecting us to introduce a partner in the deal. So that the reality of having purely direct customer is almost impossible. I don't want to shoot my own foot, but the reality is that sales layer comes with the necessity or the need of a partner getting involved at least at one point of the whole sales implementation and execution process, right? So to try to do the without partners or not even having them in any of these processes, it makes no sense. If we would even try to do it by ourselves, we wouldn't be able to grow as we've grown. So we could say that our success in the market, it's due thanks, obviously, many factors, but one of them is thanks to our partners, having our partners in from the birth of SalesLayer up till now and to the future. So we consider this a key factor. We have to have this. It's to be one of the uh, a real part of our company. And again, that's why there's so much investment in training and onboarding, accompanying our partners as, as long as they want us to be there. And when they consider we're not, we're no longer useful, then okay, it's up to you. But if you need us, we're going to be there. Yeah, I want to go back to relationships, and I've had a, quite a few conversations with other partner managers about the ability to create relationships, and let's just mm -hmm. say some of those things that you can't tie an ROI mm. to directly. And going to an event, right? So I went mm. to Etail East, and I saw Alvaro there. You have to be there to be seen and to be known. 
And mm. I think a good way to look at it is you have to show up, right? To be seen, you have to show up. Mm. The world of Zoom was okay while COVID mm. lasted, <laughs> but yeah. nobody's going to show up for a Zoom call and nobody's going to shake your hand and nobody's going to go out for a beer mm. or a wine with mm. you or a soda or a coffee on a Zoom call. You, you can't get that same experience. And I think the relationship part of it is such an important aspect of the partner manager or partner success manager role mm-hmm. that it can't be overlooked and it has to be consistently talked about in terms of we're going to be at this event, but we're, we don't know what the ROI is, but it is going to give us brand awareness. So maybe I, talk a little bit about the partner manager role and brand awareness. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. It was somebody from our company that said once COVID was let's say in the middle they were saying okay this is the end of trade shows right we're never going back to travel and trade shows and in-person meetings and stuff like that and i said um i think you're not aware of the importance of human relations and let's be honest it's just in our genes we would prefer 100 times a beer with a person, even if it's a trade show or just a glass of water, hey, shake a hand and, oh man, you're taller than I thought. <laughs> These human interactions are just, again, human. We need them. Because when that happens, you first of all, you know that's a human being. It's not like AI has gone so far that you don't think that's a human being, but you know who he is, his background. He's a family man. You can trust a family woman. You can trust him or her because, but on a Zoom call, 30 minutes, just, hey, this is what we're selling. This is what we do. This is blah, blah, blah. A presentation, a PDF. That is not human. You cannot trust something or someone who you do not feel, you do not notice, you do not have that Again, and I'm sorry, I know I'm repeating myself, but that human natural connection. So yes, we were there in, in ETEL. We were there in the that latest big commerce summit in, in Texas. Oh, sorry, yeah, was it in Texas? Oh yeah, that, no, actually, that's where, I, that's where I saw Alvaro. I saw him in, in, in Austin. Texas. Yeah. yeah, and then um, yesterday, just yesterday, I think it was, they were again in the UK in the big commerce event in UK of a partner event and we are going to be present and we're going to do our best to be present in most of the at least what we consider key events and the reason is we are first of all it's in our blood we're half Spanish (laughs) most of us are half Spanish so when it comes to human connections, I don't know if you know that, but they accuse our Spaniards of being too touchy, of touching on, the, on your elbow or touching in your arm and like this, and maybe a hug or maybe two kisses. That is very human. That is very Spanish. And that's going to happen. And, and, and that's an interaction that is needed for somebody to trust you. And I don't know if you remember that. There's this movie that was, it, it said that until there was a shake of a hand, there was no deal done. I still believe that. I still believe that. Until there's no shake of a hand, there's no deal. You can say many things on a Zoom call, but if you don't shake the hand of that person, whoever it may be, you're not agreeing physically on something. So again, human interactions. And then speaking of what you were mentioning of the actual relations, it is true that during during the COVID era, we were all 
stuck on Zoom. We had to do our human relations on Zoom. And we invented many things like virtual trade shows. And we've done our best. And thanks to that, we not only kept our partners, but we also enhanced our partner network, which I consider kind of a success. That was going through the moon and coming back. But thanks to that first step of first initial relations on Zoom, now we can, let's say, formalize this human interaction. For a fact, that is the reason why Sales Layer now is where it is. Thanks to that effort we did, not only in the COVID era, but post-COVID era, to make sure that we were seen, that there was brand awareness. This was another trade show, but it was in England, it was in London. We had, we invested so much in the most centric booth. Everybody had to see us. Oh, there wasn't a way to go to avoid our booth. It was right the most centric part. And it was interesting because looking back, being 100% honest, we're looking at our rates, we're looking at our ROI, we're number, looking at our numbers now. Okay, how many real deals did we get from there? And I think we got one or two, being, being honest. But it was like, yeah, you're right. We didn't get those many deals. And marketing was really worried. They were like, man, you know, the money we've invested in that. And we weren't really like sales. It wasn't so good. But then said, yeah, you're right. But you know how many partners came to us? You know how many people came from? We were actually giving out some socks. You know how many people went out with socks? Because, uh, and it said, those socks were really cool. It said, the PIM that will throw your socks off or take your socks off or something like that. <laughs> it was really funny. It was one of these dad jokes. But the point is that you could see day number two, green socks everywhere, partners, customers, and even people that never came to talk with us just took the socks and went off, but they loved them. And that brand awareness, there's no way to measure that because now I can give you, I can give you my word. Now they know who sales there is. Yeah, I can talk about, again, just having interactions and speaking to other sales or other partner managers in the industry. They break it down to if you can't sponsor and have a booth at an event, at least show up and walk the floor. If you can't afford the ticket or there's no budget to get the ticket, and I know some of the tickets are $4,000, Show up and create meetings outside of the event. And there's even an in-between part where if there's no booth space available, just get a private room either in the venue or in the hotel and arrange your meetings with your clients that you want to talk to. There's so many different ways that you can make sure that that you are being seen. Because if you don't show up, nobody's going to know you. I agree. I agree. And actually, this brings to mind, I think it was 2019 when just right before COVID, when I was starting out in this role, I was, then my role was uh, partner. It was something like partner enabler. It was more, my role was more to actually enhance the partner network. That was our first initial role to enhance it. And I remember we did not, or I did not have the budget to, to have a booth on this event. But I remember I told my boss, listen, I know we don't have the budget for the booth, but please just book the airline ticket. I'll just go be it, be there and come back. That's do the whole effort. I'll travel. I don't know if I had to take a car to the airport. And, well, it was a crazy trip, but I did that. 
And I recall that thanks to that meeting, or, or thanks to that effort, this was actually a big commerce event. Deepak from big commerce said, he said, oh, you are Chris from SalesLayer. I've received your calls. I'm like, yeah, it's me. And he said, oh, nice to meet you. And so we started having a quick conversation because obviously it was their event. And he said, you know what? I promise next email you send me, I'll answer. And I said, that's great. With that, I'm happy. From that point on, our relationship with big commerce has improved, I got to say, 99%. <laughs> so just proving your point, what I meant is that if you don't have the money, if you don't have the budget to do, to make a booth, I totally agree with you. B, go to that event, especially if it's free. If it's a free <laughs> event, <laughs> do all the effort to be there. But if, it, if you have to pay for it, believe me, it's going to be worth it. Do it because you can start relationships on that. Just walking the floor, just going to those booths and maybe even learning from competitors and saying, hey, look at them, what these guys are doing. I'm going to do that next year, stuff like that. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. You just brought up a great point about if you're set in your basement or your home office on Zoom, you don't know exactly what your competitors are doing. And even more important, you can walk up to somebody else's booth and start talking to them. Mm -hmm. And more than more times than none, your competitor is going to talk to you about the market and they're happy. And there's always an after party and maybe your competitor has a little bit to drink and they're telling you even more about it. And you're maybe <laughs> learning some inside information that is competitive that you can use as well. And this is these we're all in a we're all having having healthy competition here amongst different partners, right? But it is a great chance for you to meet that you can't meet when you're stuck in your home office on a Zoom call or your office on a Zoom call or if you're just stuck, never talking to anybody in real life. I totally agree with you. And some of, some of the greatest interactions, I got to say, some of the greatest interactions were just without a booth, just going to that event, saying, hi, how are you doing? Sometimes they even get out, give out free meals or free drinks. And why not? If you're not, if you're going to be sitting at home running reports or running uh, or doing this or that, believe me, it's going to be much better just to walk down to the event uh, again, I totally agree with you. That's the best. That's a great strategy. Yeah, just to closing out the whole event thing. I remember when Adobe did their first Adobe Summit, which was virtual, and that was right in 2020. It was very successful for them, and I think everybody was eager to continue on. And they even said, we're not sure if we're going to do an in-person event again. And I think <laughs> now we've seen that the Adobe Summit in our space is on again for next year, that everybody's learned that there is an importance in actually meeting people in person. And we're, we're not going to be hermits stuck in our home <laughs> caves or office caves anymore. I want to give you five minutes to just tell us about SalesLayer. We've been so generous in our time on on Partner Success Manager, but let's just uh, tell us a little bit about SalesLayer and give us the elevator pitch. <laughs> Great. First of all, thank you very much for that. And all I can say is SalesLayer is the fastest growing PIM in the market. We have our office in London, UK, and United States is going to be our next, let's say, market to go or market to conquer. We know we have a large competition but thanks to our ease of use, thanks to our partner network, because we already have established a very powerful partner network in the States, 
key partners that can enable not only Magento, big commerce, but also we have partners that can help us in the industrial, even in the food industry. We have any vertical could come to use our tool. And it's just basically creating superior shopping experiences. So it's user-friendly. It gives you access to product intelligence. And it just makes your marketing team make sure that they have the best quality of data to later be exported to any source or any outlet of information. So just go to G2 Crowd, Captera, GetApp, and see how we get 4.8 stars out of 5. And not only, as I said, as I previously mentioned, number one PIM in customer satisfaction. So I guess that can sum up how SalesLayer is going to just rock your world. I'm going to make this a little more difficult since I've given you a chance to talk about SalesLayer. At the end of every podcast, I give you an opportunity to do a shameless plug. So now you're <laughs> going to have to think about what you'd like to plug today. And a plug is just a promotion of something. Yeah, I know. I got it. I got it. We have very interesting events coming up in SalesLayer. We're going to show them, especially on our social media. And, event, and not only that, but we also are hiring. And I know this is a weird plug, but SalesLayer is looking for the best of the best, not only in Spain, but especially, and as I said, we're focusing a lot in the States. So it's not more than a plug. It's more like an opportunity. If you want to come on board and you want to look for, you want to work in the best environment, the best PIM, just let us know because we are hiring. And I'm pretty sure that whoever's listening, you have something to offer to us. Yeah, and I'll just give a plug because I've, I've met most of your leadership team, and it does seem like a fantastic place to work, and I appreciate that that plug. I think this is the first ever hire plug that we've had, so I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Chris, thank you so much. I know we planned on doing 20 minutes, and we've gone a little bit over, but this has been very interesting, and I appreciate the topic, and let's continue on with this, and um, I'm not sure where the next time we're going to see each other in person. Hopefully, I'll see you in Spain. That's where I'd like to see you in, the, oh, in yes. our winter time because I'm in Minnesota and it does get a little bit chilly here in the winter and I'm always working on getting out of Minnesota <laughs> sure, in the winter. So, that's a great excuse to have a great human relation. So come on over to, yeah. come on over to Olympia. <laughs> Excellent. Chris Johnson, Thank uh, you very partner, much for having me. partner success manager for SalesLayer. Thank you for being here today. Thanks. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.